What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades, and this is episode number 19.2. We got a funny story to tell about why that's 19.2, and I got a special guest in here with me to hear it for the first time. Uh, Hustle and Grind alumni all-star is back with us today, Mr. Tommy Matthews from Crooked River Forge. (laughs) How you doing, Tommy? What's up, brother? Dude, so this episode is has already been recorded. Now, today's Monday. You know, last time you were on, we recorded on Thursday, which is our normal recording time. We do Thursdays at 3.30. So today's Monday afternoon, and this episode will come out tomorrow morning. See, what had oh, happened wow. was last Thursday, me and Bubba come to the studio, and we recorded an episode, just like we always do on Thursdays. And I came up to the studio this morning and went to post it, you know, on the the host webpage and all that and get the description written. And when I walked into the studio, nobody has actually been in here since I was in here last. Well, I forgot to hit the button to end the recording. So that episode was 89 hours and 30 minutes long for that one episode. Oh, geez. Yeah, so when we tried to move it from the roadcast board to the computer, the file was too big to transfer. And uh, then the guy that runs the place here, he tried something else, and that didn't work because coming out of the board, it's in a different format than what the computer needs, and that's the reason it's got to go through that little uh, export audio file process. So that episode's just gone forever. And, uh, oh man. Yeah. So Bubba couldn't be here this afternoon. He's actually not feeling good right now. He's got him a headache and got a little tummy right, issue, yeah. I think. So he's taking care of well, himself. Hopefully everything's okay with that. Yeah. He gets better. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's a busy man right about now. I think he's just got a lot on his plate and he needs to chill for a minute and catch his breath. But anyway, he'll be fine. But, uh, Tommy, I appreciate you jumping on here with me, man. You had a whole 45 minutes of notice. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Fortunately for me, my schedule is kind of wide open these days, so I was able to uh, to oblige, no problem. Yeah, well, I, I heard the bad news about the, you know, last week's episode not being usable this morning, and it took me till last minute. I kind of finally realized, like, holy crap, that means I've got nothing to come out tomorrow. What am I going to do? And I almost just said, nah, hell with it, you know, we'll do it next week. But uh, you're the first one that popped in my head. I said, I wonder what Tommy's doing right about now. So I'm glad you was able to jump in here with me. I'm good, man. I uh, I made it into the shop this morning at a uh, a prompt 12 noon. Awesome. Um, after rolling out of bed around 1030, um, Nikki finally came in and cracked a whip and was like, dude, what the hell, man? Get your <laughs> ass out of bed. But, uh, you know, I talk it up to uh, – my body's healing from the radiation and you know if my body wants to sleep for freaking 10 12 hours then to me that's like time traveling through getting better there you go so um that's, that's basically what i've been doing you know i've been i've been sleeping real good which when i first got done with the with the radiation i was in so much pain i mean i even the pain pills weren't helping me sleep or anything man so the fact that i can even sleep pretty good now is, is a huge huge deal for me right now. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better, brother. I mean, I've, you know, I've kept up with you 
on a personal level because me and you over the years have actually become really good friends. And to yeah, buddy. finally see that you're back in that shop, man, it's just it puts a smile on my face just knowing that you're where you want to be and you're able to do what you right want to do. Right on, brother. Yeah, man. It's been a little hotter than uh, – I mean, when I left – when I left out of here to start um, this next round of treatment that I just went through, it was still freaking cold. I yeah. mean, it was cold as hell in here. So to come back to this and and be right back into this heat from the from the summer, man, it, it's been pretty freaking brutal. But uh, I don't I don't mind being here at all. There's no doubt. I got the shop kind of rearranged the way I wanted to, and just kind of working my way back in slowly. Spent some time in the forest this morning getting some stuff ready, and now that stuff's going through my uh, thermal cycling. And that'll be uh, probably ready to, to start working on uh, getting grinds laid in and uh, and then do the final heat treat on these things and, and then handles and whatnot. And then I just got another batch of about five or six blades that I glued up this morning and uh, hope to have a, a few that are available for purchase here in the next couple of days. So. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, well, it's good that you've got such a loyal kind of customer base, too, because I saw you had a batch a day or two ago, and those were all spoken for from orders, you know, that unfortunately you had to put off for a little while. So, Yeah, one of those orders was actually, like, uh, I kind of dropped the ball on it. Um, the girl came into the shop here and ordered it for her brother last May for his wedding this May. And uh, she called me in July and asked me how I was coming with it. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I totally forgot all about it because I pretty much closed out the books on last year. And uh, luckily, I had I had started a run of knives. And I said, you know what, I, I've got one here that doesn't have anybody's name on it. I'll, I'll put your name on it and get it out to you. So I was able to do that and make her happy, even though I was a little late. She was still understanding of it. Yeah, of course. And then... Uh, I had a couple other ones that uh, some guys had, had contacted me, even though I wasn't really taking orders. They said, look, you know, I'd really love to get on your books, and I'd be willing to pay you half half now and half whenever they're done, whenever you can get to them. And, you know, the money thing has been a little bit, you know, up and down here. So I took a couple of orders on based on that, and I'm trying to work my way through those now. So I'm, I'm going to have quite a few knives that are coming out because, of course, these guys, they didn't order just one knife. You know, I got one guy that ordered four blades, another guy ordered two blades, another guy ordered three blades. So they, they're taking advantage of, uh, of getting on the books. Yeah, that's fun when so, it happens yeah, it, like it that. Yeah, it is though. awesome. Yeah, I like when, when people put in yeah. orders for multiples. So it, it kinda... Yeah, it is, it is awesome. I'm just kind of still scared right now because I don't know what's next. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be surgery. And I don't know how long I'm going to be down after that. And I'm trying to get in here and just bust out as much stuff as I can before that happens. And I don't know when it's going to happen. That's, that's the other downside. I, I get um, an MRI and another CT scan on the 20th of August to kind of see what, you know, what the status is on this tumor. And then they're probably going to want to go and get that thing out of there. So just kind of hanging in limbo right now. Well, it sounds like the customers are pretty understanding they already know ahead of time that you've got something going on that might slow you down for a little bit so that's good right yeah yeah no complaints man i mean customers have been awesome through this whole ordeal and uh sponsors as well you know i'm, I'm super stoked to have these guys still standing by my side not one of them complained about 
me not getting videos up and posted and whatnot. So kudos to them for, for sticking by me. Um, as you know, my, my two biggest are, uh, KMG grinders and, uh, and red label abrasive. So shout out to those guys for sure. Let me shout out my abrasive sponsor. It is Phoenix abrasives and they're your one-stop shop for all of your abrasive needs. And you can find them online at www.phoenixabrasives.com slash shop. And on Instagram and Facebook and MySpace, they're on there too. So reach out there and grab you some belts. I know you don't need any, Tommy, because you're sponsored by Red Label. But if you're not sponsored, you know, might as well try something new, right? Oh, yeah, man. There's, there's a lot of great companies out there. And, uh, you know, I, I can't really take away from anybody. I've tried just about every abrasive out there. And there's little things I like about um, one brand to the next brand. But uh, to me, the, the, the whole picture kind of came together with, with Red, Red Label. And I, I'm a huge fan of their products. Great great stuff and and the the biggest thing for me with them was the the family-owned business and you know coming from a from a small family-owned business and and jumping into this knife making thing because they didn't always do this they just they did a lot of industrial type sanding abrasives and stuff like that but uh they saw this niche for um the knife maker community and they uh they jumped in full force and uh and they're making a name for themselves for sure yeah, they've got some big names behind them for sure. That's not a not a problem there. Um, let me tell you something else, Tommy. Now, remember last time you were on the show, I went back and uh, I've only got about a 10-minute ride from my house to the studio here. But I turned on yeah. your episode that you were on with me before, and I listened to about a minute, and I just you know hit the little thing and jumped ahead, listened for a minute, just kind of scan through it, maybe you could call it. And last time you were here, I had a full-time job, and I was on a 1x30 grinder. Guess what has happened? Since yes, you then? were. In such a short amount of time, man, it is crazy. I now am a full-time knife maker with a big boy grinder. I mean, it's Right on, man. Congratulations unreal. on that. I saw, I saw the post, man. Yeah, so I actually uh, I'm sponsored by Broadbeck Ironworks, and uh, they're a sponsor of the show as well. I met those guys up in Atlanta at the Blade Show. And we got to talking for a while, and I mean, I've said it before. I didn't know who they were. I just saw some dudes with Broadbeck shirts, but you know, we were drinking the same beer and hanging out in the same corner, so we just talked for a while, and uh, kind of hit cool. it off with them. And they got on board, man. And I couldn't be more excited to have them, you know, as a sponsor. So it's crazy how yeah, that's how awesome, quick man. things can change. And no doubt, man. And you never know when it's going to happen or where it's going to come from, man. That's that's one of the awesome things about blades that I learned. I mean, that's where we met yep. and, uh, that's where a lot of deals are, are made and put together and contacts are made and, and you know, collaborations happen. So awesome yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. Speaking of collaborations, one of these days when everything settles down a little bit, me and you still need to get together some kind of way and do something. Yeah, man, I'm up for that. Uh, we just gotta, I've never actually done a knife collaboration, so I don't know. I know one person's going to do one part of it and send it to the other to finish it. We'll have to work out the details, but I'd I'd love to do something with you one of these days. Yeah, man, sounds like a ticket, man. And now that I got that's usually a, the way it goes, you know. Yeah. Well, now that I've got some legit tools, you won't be waiting on me for a month to you know set a plunge line. I can just go out there and get it done. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> man, I can already tell. Good deal, my, man. My game has increased drastically with having the right equipment. 
And I was able to make do yeah. with the wrong equipment for almost five years, I guess. But I never really realized what I was missing until I got a real grinder. You know, it's funny. I was just talking to another knife maker buddy of mine that's uh, that's kind of local here. He um, he actually trained over at uh, uh, LT Wright. He's a younger kid too. I mean, he's been make, making knives since he's about sixteen years old. That's where he got his start. Was working for LT Wright, who's like huge in the bushcraft world. If, if you don't know him, oh yeah. Um, but uh, but Tanner, uh, we were talking, and uh, I mentioned your name, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I've been following him," and. He said, you know, his, his, his work seems like it's come a long way. I said, well, you know, all this work that you saw previous to, to now has been done on a freaking little, you know, 2 by 30 or one by 30 grinder from uh, from Harbor Freight. He's like, well, holy shit, that explains a lot, man. That, <laughs> that, that dude's been, he's really been putting out some nice products for what he's been working with. I said, I'm, I'm telling you, man, can't wait to see what he does with this new machine. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving it, man, and it's it's given me ideas because you know when you're when you're thinking about a knife that you want to build for me anyway, I kind of I'll sketch it out on paper and then refine it and change this, change that, whatever. But a lot of my thought process has always been, do I have the tooling for that? You know what I mean? Can I get right. up in that little finger groove that tight? Can I do this or that? And a lot of times those answers were no. And like sculpted handles, that's something I've tried several times before, but you know, just getting it thinned out just right in the middle, having kind of that hourglass type shape on a, yep. on a straight belt, man, that's, that's rough. I mean, I've tried it before, yeah, but no I, doubt. I haven't nailed it, but I mean, if you've got a contact wheel that takes so much of the kind of the unknown out of it, you know what I mean? You set up a stop or. Yeah. You know, just freehand it, but your your groove's going to be the same on both sides. It's just, it's, yep. a, it's amazing. No doubt, man. So now I've got all these crazy new ideas that I want to try, and it's just, it's nuts, man. And uh, and that's how you grow right there, you know? So, yeah. And, and you're doing it the right way, you know? There's, somebody told me, he was a woodworker, and uh, he told me this a long time ago when I was getting started, because I was just, I wanted to go crazy and buy every tool out there. And uh, he's like, dude, look, I learned the hard way because I got a bunch of tools that sit on the freaking counter that I don't even touch because I thought I was going to need it. He said, then I learned that you buy the tool that you need to do the job that you're doing. And that's how you get a bunch of job, a bunch of tools amassed that help you do what you do. And that way you don't have a bunch of stuff sitting around on shelves that you don't use or you don't need. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I've got a cabinet in the back of my shop. It's one of those gladiator cabinets, like four feet wide and seven feet tall or whatever. There, yeah. There is a a rookie knife maker's shop in that cabinet. I mean, there's <laughs> an old homemade forge in there. There's several one by 30 grinders. There's a four by 36. There's, you know, there's a, a forge blower that I made for a coal forge. There's all this stuff that I bought because, you know, I've got that much money right now, so I'll just go ahead and buy that. If I'd have just saved up and bought the right stuff first, that really would have been the way to go. But, you know, sometimes you got more, uh, less sense than patience. And Right, but then on the other hand, too, if you're just getting started and you don't even know if this is something you're going to take to the next level, um, you know, a lot of guys that get into it, and they realize, wow, there's there's just way more to this than I wanna than I wanna get into. 
And, you know, they might've made a knife or two and, and they're happy with that, you know? Yeah. Um, then you might have your hobbyists that are, you know, well, I'm going to go ahead and buy that, that two by 72 grinder. Cause I think I want to do this, but they're going to stay at that part time. You know, I'm going to keep my day job kind of thing and, and do this as I can. And there's a, there's a shit ton of those guys out there too. that are doing awesome things. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, there, there's, I don't know. I don't want to say guys like me, because I didn't know that I was going to do this full time either. Um, when I started, I started as a kind of a hobbyist and I had a full time day job where I was making freaking mega bucks. And, um, when I got let go from that, that's what made me say, well, you know, I bought all this equipment. I got all this stuff. I, I bought middle of the road equipment when I first started, but it was good enough that I could put out some pretty decent product with it. And, uh, and it turned into a you know a lifestyle and and a and a job for me, just yep. like it has for you, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you got kind of started the same way as far as getting tossed into the full time gig unexpectedly, but yeah, it's yeah, it's hard I to make that to jump anyway. on your own, dude. It was you know you're standing on the edge of that cliff and you're thinking, man, do I make this leap? And then somebody stands behind you and kicks you in the ass and pushes you off the cliff, and you're like, okay, well, I guess this is it. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. And when you jump, there's only, yeah, buddy. ain't no way but up. I mean, yep. Sink I, or swim. That's what I keep telling myself. And I'm, you know, I kind of get down a little bit here and there. Cause I'll go a week and you know, nothing sells. And I'm like, man, what am I doing wrong here? You know? And then right about that time I'll have three of them sell at a time, you know, or, or somebody contact right. me on a custom or, you know, it's, it's all patience and, you know, you got to get your name out there too. I've said it a million times. It don't matter if you make the best whatever in the whole world. If nobody knows it's there, they'll never, they'll never buy it. So Right. That's a good point too. Yeah. Um, and experience. But is, it seems like you're doing that too, man. I mean, you're, you're doing the post, you're putting in the work, you know, behind the grinder, but also behind the scenes. I'm trying. And that's where that's where it really becomes a full-time job because you got to do all that. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to balance that family life when you're trying to make, especially the full-time gig where you got to do this stuff or you're just not going to survive. Right. Yeah. It's all day, every day. There's got, there's something got to be done, but the only, only thing to do is do it. Right. That's it, man. One knife at a time. And, uh, I had a guy and still enjoy it. Yeah. There was a guy that was in my shop not too long ago. He bought a knife from me. And he was looking at it, and it was a hell of a knife. I mean, I was super proud of it. But he asked me how long I've been making knives, and I said about five years. You know, I actually think it's closer to closer to four and a half, maybe. But I don't really remember exactly when I started. But roughly five years. And he was talking about how you know, it looks like I've been doing it thirty years. Like just, <laughs> I don't know why he said that. He's probably just blowing my head up. But that made me think of something. Uh, I met this guy here in town where I live and it turns out he was a knife maker and I, I saw his stuff and you know, he's just been making knives on the side. He's an older guy. He's probably in his sixties and we got to talking and he reached in his truck and, uh, pulled out two of his knives that he had just finished up. Oh man. These things looked like two of my first knives. I mean, they were no disrespect to the, to the gentleman, but they were terrible, you know? And he told yeah. me he's been making knives for 20 years. And that got me thinking. Wow. Just because you've got 20 years of experience doesn't make you a good knife maker. If you only make one knife a year right. for 20 years, you've still only made 20 knives. 
right on. So, I mean, that that number of the years of experience, that can translate a lot of different ways. And I, I believe... It can, and that's, you know, that's with everything. That's how much work you put in. And yeah, for me, I never settle for, this is perfect. You know, I'll get it as good as I can, but I'll make notes of how I can improve that next one for sure every single time. And, right on. And sometimes it goes backwards, man. I made a knife a couple weeks ago, had the best file work I've ever done in it. I mean, it came out flawless. And I was so pumped up, so the very next knife I did, I put some file work on that spot. And I got it all finished up, and I got the handle scales glued on there, and I dyed my epoxy. And, man, I ground it down, and it looked like crap. I mean, I don't know where I went wrong, but it looked terrible. And it looked fine without the scales on it, but (laughs) I don't know what happened, so. I mean, it, it didn't look, it didn't look how I wanted it to, but it, it's really it doesn't, yeah. doesn't look that good. I think. Well, we're I, always our worst critics, man. That's very true. That is very true. And I, I just got me a Dremel tool. I've had a little piece of junk one, you know, a little twenty dollar cordless Walmart thing for a long time. But I just got me a good one a few days ago to kind of help with that file work because I want to get more involved with yeah. doing that. But I haven't even. I hadn't even pulled it out yet. I've been trying to wrap some other things up before I get ex- too experimental on something else. Right on. So how, You're full-time now. you got to concentrate on paying the bills. It, it kind of changes where you go with your direction, you know? It does because I mean, you gotta you got to think about what's going to make you money. And at exactly. the end of the day, that's all that matters. If I can't pay the light yeah, bill, the grinder I mean, can't turn. Right. Have you um, – have you figured out at all out of your product line that you make? You know, do you, do you have money makers yet? Do you, do you have the ones that you know that people are going to buy when you make them? Kinda, kinda, sorta. Um, my EDC knives tend to do pretty good. Um, my chef's knives tend to do pretty good, but I really don't have kind of one that stands out. It's almost like it comes in waves. You know what I mean? I'll get an order for a set of steak knives. And then all of a sudden I'm doing 10 different sets, you know, that that'll take off for a while. Yeah. And then it dies down and you know, it's something else will kind of blow up, but, but no, I don't have anything yet that I think is kind of a, a go-to, you know what I mean? Like a guarantee. I wish there was that way, you know, if something came up, I'd be like, Hey, well, let me just knock out two of these ABC right quick. And you know, that'll cover that bill. Yeah. Well, think about it in terms of like, time of the year you know um for me like when hunting season's just around the corner man that's when my edcs my skinners all that kind of stuff really kind of go nuts yeah so when i when you know when september is creeping around the bend that's when i start you know making a lot more of those type knives um christmas time um i I still do pretty good business of the the small edcs but you know you might get some camp buoy style, style stuff in there but the chef's knives really take off around Christmas time, you know, because um, it's 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 a thing that people pretty much have to do every day is cook, right. and a lot of people want to be able to cook with with good products, and that's kind of what got me into making chef's knives. I couldn't afford freaking shun knives. I couldn't <laughs> ex- you know afford Wolfstoff knives or anything like that. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try and make my own knives and make them the way that I want them to feel and do the things that I want them to do, you know, and I've, and I've learned a lot about what chefs and I should be able to do now. Um, my first ones compared to where I'm at now, um, light years 
from from the first couple that I made for sure. Right. Um, you know, I a couple of my first ones went to friends and family, and you know, like one of them went to my sister. And when I get that knife in my hand. Well, the one time I did get that knife back in my hand, she wanted me to sharpen it. And I was like, holy shit, this is not a flat grind. This is like some sort of jacked up freaking convex grind on a, on a chef's <laughs> knife. So I took that thing to the grinder and, and took that blade down. And when she got it back, she's like, oh, thanks. Yeah, it's great. I almost cut the tip of my finger off with it. I'm like, well, it's, it's a different knife now. You're going to have to be careful with it. Yeah. Yeah. My wife doesn't like but, grinding You know, that comes knives. from her. She's got a set of shuns. Oh, really? They got a set of shuns. Yeah, a whole <laughs> set of them, and he, you know, they they like my knives better, and you know that. I mean, nothing against Shuns; they've been doing it for years, and they know what the hell they're doing for sure. But uh, that's a hell of a compliment to get from somebody, and you know, maybe it's a little biased because she's my little sister, but yeah, you know, it still makes you feel good. Absolutely. Yeah, my wife, uh, she cut herself on one of my knives the other day doing dishes or something. She said all I did was touch it, and it cut me. I said, "Well, babe, you're not supposed to touch that part of it." <laughs> Right on. I mean, it's. I understand accidents can happen to anybody at any point, but I feel like there's a lot more people that cut themselves in the kitchen because they don't know how to use the knife. It doesn't matter what kind of knife it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I'd be willing to bet that most people that cut themselves on knives are either they reach down into the ditch water because they put their knife down there and it's been sitting there and they'd have forgot about it, which is not where um, knives go. <laughs> or you're exactly or it slips out of their hand for some reason and they juggle it they try to catch it you know you, you never try to catch a knife when you drop it just get out of the way yep i tell myself that all the time i'll have one on the bench in the shop and yeah i'll grab something or move something and it goes towards the floor and i just kind of put my hands back like nope i'll pick you up in a minute yep <laughs> nope exactly and as painful it is is you know i had one the other day i was buffing the handle out and that's one of the most dangerous things you can do with a, with a knife is buff it. And, uh, that thing came out of my hand and went straight to the floor. And, uh, of course it, it, it took the tip right off of it. Mm. And, uh, so of course I'm, I'm at the handle buffing stage. Now I got to figure out what I'm going to do with the tip on this knife, but I was able to save it, of course. But right. it's just one more thing that you're like, shit. I still don't have a buffer in my shop. I know we've talked about it before. It scares the hell out of me. I use the buffing wheels in my drill press and put it on high speed, which is, I want to say, around 3,900 RPM. And yeah. I'm, a buffer goes way faster than that, right? No, that's really about the same. I turned my Grizzly grinder. You know, the Grizzly has a buffing attachment on one side. Right. I took the arm. I took the arm off the other side where the grinder and the platinum and everything was, and put another buffing wheel on that side. And I want to say that machine turns at about thirty eight hundred RPM. Okay, so um, about the same. Now I also I have a second buffer that's a slower speed buffer that that spins. Uh, let me see exactly what that thing goes at. It's more of like a finished buffer. I like using the drill press because uh, I can. Well, number one, the, the speed is adjustable, five different speeds. 1,700 RPM on, okay. that, on the other one. But on that drill press, you can you get on the left side of the wheel while it's spinning, and if that thing comes out of your hand, it's going straight backwards, right into the wall. You know, yeah. There's not much chance of it coming towards you if you put it on the right, you know, the directional side of the rotation. Now, Yeah, you know, I, I pretty much sit at a chair 
or a, a, a stool at my buffer. Um, and I'm buffing right on the bottom part of that wheel. So if anything happens, it goes straight to the floor. Um, you know, as long as my foot or anything is not in the way, which that's why I don't really like to stand, I can kind of straddle that buffer and there's nothing in the way that's going to, you know, hit me if that knife comes out of my hand. Painful yeah. as it is to see that knife hit the floor, I'd rather it hit the floor than sticking out of my shoe for sure. Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> That'd be a bad day. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Very bad. Usually I'll wrap my, uh, wrap the blade up with like some blue shop towels. I spray it with, I keep uh, canola oil cooking spray in my shop. It gets used more in my shop than it does in the kitchen. But uh, yeah, I'll spray the, the blade down with some of that cooking oil and I'll wrap it with some blue paper towels. And then with my left hand, I'll use, a lot of times I'll put on a leather glove. And, you know, so okay. I, I've got a tight grip on that blade without the chance of getting cut. And that, that makes me feel a lot more comfortable on the handle buffing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not buffing my knives when they're sharp. That's the last thing I do is sharpen my knives. Me too. Um, but it's still, you got that point on there, you know. Yeah. And that, that thing could definitely hurt you. And, I'll, you know, a lot like a chef's knife, you know, that grind comes down to the point where a lot of times it'll cut without even being, you know, sharpened per se. Um, I've just never been big on wrapping the handle or wrapping the blades on my knives. I did it early on and it seemed like they would sweat. Um, you mentioned putting canola oil on there. That's a great idea. Well, I don't um, tape it or anything. I was using I that blue. Roll it up. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was using that blue like painter's tape and I was like spending a small fortune on tape wrapping the blades up and I'd take the the tape off and I'd have marks where the, you know, put, put marks on the blade or now I got glue all over and I got to clean up. I was just like, you know what, what's the point? As long as I'm careful and maybe it'll come back to bite me in the ass one day. But at this point I haven't had any accidents, knock on wood. (laughs) And, uh, I just, I just roll with it like that. It's one less step for me. I used to tape mine up when I was doing my glue ups and uh, just because for a long time, all I used was five-minute epoxy. And when you're using that crap, you got to go. And it's not a clean process. Right. And that was, you know, yeah. just to keep the epoxy off my blades. But with using 24-hour epoxy, and I take some Johnson's paste wax and put it on the front bolster part of the scales and kind of mock it up before time and rub some of that wax on the blade right in front of where you're going to be, you know, where the fit is. And that stuff just yeah. wipes right off. I mean, you don't have to worry about anything. I, I love doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I use, I, it's funny. I just mentioned, uh, I just made a post this morning about gluing up knives. And uh, I mentioned in there that I use the uh, West Systems G-Flex. And, you know, a lot of guys are like, well, I don't have time to waste. You know, I glue up a knife. I got to start working on it. Like my man, Russell Kane, he, he glues up a knife and he's, he's rolling the handle out. 20 minutes after that, you know, Ooh. and I'm like, dude, I, I, I glue up these six knives and I got something else to do for 24 hours. while while these knives are, are cured, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's just kind of the way I do it. And I, I don't like the five minute epoxy because if, if you were to take and test this stuff, you take that five minute epoxy and you pour it on a little piece of cardboard. And when that stuff cures and dries, you take that cardboard, you can snap that stuff right in half. You take that West and you do that same thing and you come back tomorrow and you can bend that West system's epoxy in, in half, 90 degrees, almost flat onto itself five or six times before it'll br- actually break and crack apart. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did some uh, some testing on a different brand of epoxy that I got sent some samples of. Um, yeah, I, I think I called you when I got those samples. I was like, Tommy, guess what, man? Somebody yeah. offered me free stuff. I made it. <laughs> nice. I, yeah, I, I, I remember. Some, some tests like that, and it, that was actually really good epoxy. But to what you're saying, though, the same name brand, they sent me five-minute and 24-hour, and it was night and day. And it's the same same brand, you know. It's not like I'm testing yeah. Gorilla Glue versus G-Flex. But there is a huge yeah, difference no if you got a little bit of patience. But a lot of times, I don't – I might not let it go a full 24 hours. If I glue something up at, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening, there's a good chance that by lunchtime I'm going to start working on it the next day. But at the same time, you know, my shop stays very hot and dry and – I'm pretty confident in a good 20 hours, you know, hadn't had any problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, your stuff, you know, I mean, if it feels tacky to you, you're not going to do it, you know, but if you get in there and it's, it feels like it's dry enough and you watch your heat, especially, you know, when you're doing those spines and if you're, you're grinding on the metal at the same time, you just got to watch that heat. Yeah. Cause that will release that epoxy. Yeah. Well, on this, you know, take your time, you know, they got a, uh, I can't remember who did it. Some some other maker, he did a video, and he actually lit the scales on fire on a knife that the that the uh, epoxy was holding the scales to and lit it on fire and let it burn. And I'm sure the blade was a throwaway demo blade. But, I mean, this, it burned for a good 30 seconds, and it was like a time-lapse thing. And then he put it on an anvil and started beating on it, and he didn't break the epoxy. I mean, it, wow. Yeah, it was impressive. That's pretty amazing. Now, at the same time, it's the internet, you know, not really yeah, sure yeah. exactly what you saw, but I've had really good luck with it. And it's what I think is a good product and it has it, a pretty good deal for it. So that's what I'm going to keep using for a little while. Good. good deal, man. Hey, if it's working for you, that's all that matters. And that's, you know, that's, I tell people that all the time. Yeah. You know, if it works for you, then, then do it. I've got some new scales. You ever heard of Dymalux, uh handle material? Oh, yeah, man. I used to use that stuff all the time. Dude. The only thing I can say with that stuff is be super careful because if you get a splinter with that stuff, you're going to know it. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I guess because it's got Dude, I'm, resin I'm and stuff in it. Yeah. Oh, man, I've gotten some splinters with that stuff. Just be careful with, with handling it, especially before you start working it. That's when I end up getting splinters because... Um, I don't know. It's kind of like the way they saw it or whatnot. It, it kind of splinters on the edges. Yeah. And if you run your fingers down there, down that edge the wrong way, you're going to find a splinter real quick. Oh man. I Luckily I haven't had that problem yet, but I did a knife with those <laughs> scales uh, a couple days ago, some green and black ones. And yeah, I saw it dude, at that contact wheel. It allows me, you know, like on my steak knives that I was making last year, I was using the black and red micarta, and I could get the layers around the, the spine and the belly and the front and the back. But I, I was coming out with a pretty much flat color on the top because I couldn't contour that. Being able to get in there with a contact okay. wheel, man, it's, it, it brings out more of a pattern. But oh, yeah. On the, the back part of that black where it's kind of still a big circle, it's almost got a like a white silver tint to it. And I spent two days trying to figure out what was going on. And um, 
because the rest of it buffed out beautifully. And I even went back to 120 and hand sanded it from 120 back up to 1,000 and hit it on the buffer, and I still got the same color. So I'm like, man, what is huh. happening here? I think I got it in my head what I got myself into. So this is my theory. Now, this is laminated wood, right? Different pieces okay. of wood dyed separately and laminated together. So there has to be some type of epoxy or resin or glue or something between each layer. I think that yeah. I ground that piece of black so thin that I'm actually into the resin layer of what's left. That could be. And I don't want to take it off any lower because then I'll lose that black color and then I just got a big blob of green, you know. And Yeah, yeah. But it almost looks like pearl within the black. I mean, it looks pretty cool. It just doesn't match the rest of the black, which is a little bit upsetting, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But I like it. That's a cool huh. little knife, man. And that's just one of those that I sketched out and said, okay, I'll I'll build this one tomorrow. But it kind of came out with a pretty cool Skinner-type shape to it. And that was not the plan, but it looks like that's kind of what happened. But Yeah. I'm happy no, I thought it. it looked pretty good, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to go to the leather shop in the next day or two. Actually, it was supposed to go there today, but, you know, we weren't supposed to be here today. So that, you know, gotcha. took up <laughs> a few minutes of my time. But uh, I got a mini cleaver done up. Going to work on that this afternoon and try to get it to a point of putting some handle material on it. And um, just one at a time, dude, knocking them out. But Awesome, brother. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be rolling. I don't know if you started rolling yet on a slack belt with your uh, with your new machine yet, but if you can learn that, that's another life changing thing for your handles, man. You talking about just from side to side along the spine, you know, rolling the blade back and forth? No, I'm talking about dropping the platen off of your your uh, platen right. attachment. You take your platen off and you put a uh, say like a 120 flex belt on there. They're super flexible, like the J-Flex belt. Right. And you start rolling out your whole handle. And it, it, it's kind of life-changing, man, how easy it is to make one side as good as the other side. And you can take those down to 320, and and they're basically, uh, I mean, I've seen Russell Kane do it with a 320 belt. He can take that and put it on a grinder, and it almost looks like it's damn near um, hand-sanded. Um, so if we, if we can get you up here at some point, I will, I will show you the art of, of rolling handle. We got to make that happen, dude. So yeah, man, I know it's, it's definitely life changing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been doing that for a long time on the, you know, slack belt part, just kind of rolling the blade back and forth, you know, round and round. But, um, yeah, it's, I haven't done it on the big grinder because I haven't ordered any J flex belts yet. When I first, okay. first bought the grinder, I just ordered, uh, you know, they sell the starter packs with, I believe it was two each of 36, 60, 120, 220, and 400. Yeah, so 10 belts each. So I bought four of those, and I just haven't ordered any more since then. But, you know, with all the grinder issues I was having at first, I really wasn't using any belts. So I'm just getting to the point now where I'm burning through them, and it's time for another order. But there's definitely going to be some J-Flex belts on that list. And I want to get some of those one-inch wide J-Flex belts, like the scallops ones. Yeah, that's I use those too. Um, once I go through and, and use a uh, 
a fresh 120, then I'll usually drop down to one of those on a 120, and then another one down to a 320. And then I uh, I still hand sand my, my handles pretty much um, on every knife that I do just because I like getting all them little micro scratches out of there as best as I can. And uh, I think it just makes a huge difference whenever you whenever you go to buff them out for sure. I haven't hand sanded a handle in probably three or four months at least. Just the way wow. the, the way I've been doing it recently, I mean, it's just I go uh, just on regular belts up to 220, and then I'll jump on a, a J-Flex 220 and take that to 600, and then I use one of those 800, uh, I don't even know what it's called. It's, the, it's blue, and it's just as smooth as it can. It almost feels like a latex glove or something. But um, okay, hit it on an 800 with that, and then I go green compound to white compound, and I just bought some new compound up at Blade in Atlanta. It's blue. And finish with that blue, man, it's like a layer of glasses on it. And each step wow. is just like cool. so super fast. I mean, once I come off 220, I'm probably at the most 10 minutes from being done completely. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so... I'm going to stick with that little process for a while. And that buffing compound, dude, they sold it to me in like a, hell, I don't know if it's five pounds or 10 pounds, but it looks like a, it's every bit of a foot long, maybe a little more and maybe two inches square. It looks like old bar of gold. And I've been yeah. using that since blade show. And I've barely put, started to put a little groove in it, you know, from loading the. the oh wheel. yeah, man. I, I, I use something very similar. I got it from, uh, from jam supply and, uh, I'm, I mean, I've been using it for like a year and a half and I've, I've probably got about six inches of the white left and, uh, I use the black for my first one. Um, I, I've still got probably three quarters of that stick left. I mean, it doesn't take very much, man. You just hit that wheel, let it coat it and then it starts cutting. Yeah. And it don't take much. I realized that real fast when I started using compounds. Cause yeah, I mean, if you try to hog it on there, you're just wasting it. Cause it's just throwing it off that wheel and all over the wall or wherever you got your buffer mounted <laughs> yeah and then when you put your knife to it it's gonna stick to it and cake up on the pins and just be yep. all gross so it don't take much at all <clears throat> but, no doubt man yeah it's good to see you doing good man I'm, it's good to talk to you i know we both stay busy we don't talk too often but i'm always feel special when i do get to talk to you so oh man it's, it, it goes both ways for sure i know I'm kind of cranky when it comes to being on the phone sometimes, but, uh, you know, if you can catch me when the mood's right and I feel like talking, it's hard to get me to shut up at that point. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's been times <laughs> I've just had a quick question or thought about you and said, Oh, let me tell Tommy this. And I call you and no answer, but you'll text back and say, busy now. What's up? You know, or whatever. And I'm yeah, kind yeah. of the opposite. Somebody will text me and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like texting. So I just hit the call button. <laughs> I think I just like running my mouth. Oh, no worries, man. Everybody's got their perks. I was a salesman for freaking 25 years and oh. I had, used to have to grind the phones, you know, 150, 200 calls a day trying to, trying to sell whatever products we were selling, whether it was steel or freaking estimating services. The last job I was at. And, uh, I just, it burned me out from wanting to talk to people on the phone, man. And, that's why I think I, I hate telemarketers so much, and and I have my recording on my on my phone. Oh, dude, I love it. If you're a telemarketer, please. I get so kiss many. My ass. 
I get so many freaking compliments on that. I've thought about taking it off before, but I'm like, you know what? I have not had one single person complain. No, dude, you cannot. And take I get that way more, I get way more positive feedback over that than I do negative. So screw it, man. I'm gonna leave it on there. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. The first time I ever heard that, man. But all right, man. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up because, like I said, this was kind of a last minute deal. I know we both got other things that. We got to get finished up today, but again, I appreciate you being yeah, here man. with me. And, I got to uh, run out to the hardware store and get a new plug for. Uh, I'm gonna switch up the plug on my coal ironwork so I can move it to a different location here. And uh, talk to my electrician buddy, and he's like, "Yeah, man, all you gotta do is swap out that plug from a 220 like oven one to a to a 240 plug, which I already have wired here in the shop." And he said, "No worries, just make sure it's 20 amps." So that's where I'm heading next. Well, I'm going to the hardware store. I got to get a new bandsaw blade. Mine got tired and quit cutting. There you go. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. All again. right, brother. You can find us both on the Instagrams. I'm at JK Blades, and Mr. Tommy is Crooked River Forge. And we will talk to y'all again next week. Till then, keep on hustling and keep on grinding. Ah, wrong music. See, that's why I like this show because everybody knows I'm going to screw it up. I can do that. Here we go. You want to try it again? <laughs> there we go. See y'all next time.